is Marcelo Pico, Editor-in-Chief of Talk Film Society and your host for the Talk Film Society Festival. Here to introduce you to Day 11 of the festival. And for Day 11, we have the one and only Rocky Juarez here to present The Matrix Reloaded. Um, yes, uh, I couldn't do a, fe- a festival uh, about returns and uh, and not talk about this Matrix sequel. Um, I mean, essentially, it's it's me uh, presenting this because as, as you're hearing the recording, I suggested it to Rocky. Like, I go, let's talk about Matrix Reloaded. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a movie dear to my heart, as you'll as you'll find out. And and, and uh, if you haven't heard me and Rocky talk about the Wachowskis before, then then you should know that Rocky is also a huge fan of the Wachowskis, and I knew it would be a perfect fit for for him uh, to to talk about the Matrix Reloaded, and and to me uh, and 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 for me just to you know be there and and talk about it with him. Um, so yes, the Matrix Reloaded. Oh, and um, the beginning of the episode, I talk about how Rocky was um, was on the first uh, Talk Film Society Festival back in 2015, and um, he he wonders, and I also wonder because at that point I had not listened back to the episode, but uh, that theme uh, from 2015 for that festival was first, and I told him that he he picked. Terminator 2 for that for that festival um, that was his movie and I listened back to that um, and it's it's funny listening back to an episode I did in 2015 and hearing um, uh, hearing uh, a lot of difference obviously because it's been five years and um, I've learned a lot of stuff about um, audio recording and podcasting but also it doesn't seem like I've changed much <laughs> The, the 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 cadence remains the same and the way I'm introducing things also has kind of remained the same and the the, the the verbiage is is all there it's definitely me from 2015 um, but yeah no listening back to that episode uh, he picked Terminator 2 for a first because according to him uh, he first saw it in Germany and it was a a, a unique first time watching of Terminator 2. Uh, because uh, he, unlike he, us here in America, uh, we we were kind of privy to the spoilers in that movie in Terminator 2, and uh, he was not aware of those twists early in the movie about, uh, you know, the Schwarzenegger Terminator being a good guy. So, yeah, he, he, he goes into that. And I, I haven't yet made those episodes available. Uh, I haven't re-released them. Um, right, I mean, right now they're on SoundCloud, those episodes from 2015, from the first uh, festival. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I should, I, should, I should put those out again, and I think uh, they're, they're, they're definitely fun to listen back to. Uh, again, the audio, the audio quality uh, is, is a lot different, is a lot more different than, than it is, uh, you know, in 2020. Uh, but hey, again, I'll say I haven't changed much, or if any. Uh, but anyway... Uh, yeah, before I toss it to Rocky and I discussing The Matrix Who Loaded here, uh, let me give you the links as I always do. Uh, talkfilmsociety.com slash TFSFest. Go there to go uh, through the, 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 the almost complete um, catalog of 2020 Fest episodes, guests, movies. Uh, there you'll find links to 
um, the episodes and also to our Patreon, patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. Um, if you haven't done so, check that out. Uh, we have a program there where um, it features um, people from Talk from Society, some guests who were on the festival, writing about the films that uh, that we've talked about through this festival. And you have some long pieces by uh, Manish Mathur and David Giannini. And I wrote something about Dr. Sleep, which I'll talk about more on the Dr. Sleep episode. Yeah, so please check that out. You'll be helping us as a website. Uh, you'll be getting access to great writing. And if if there's enough interest there, if we get enough support, I'd love to do this again in some form. Um, uh, of course, maybe next year for another iteration of this festival or just something else. Uh uh, so so please support us that way and, and uh, show us you're interested. So show me you're interested, for God's sakes. Um, anyway, it's, this is not me begging for attention. This is day 11, folks. I'm getting uh, kind of head crazy. But before I lose my mind completely, here is me and Rocky Juarez discussing The Matrix Reloaded for the Talk Film Society Festival. I'm here with Rocky Juarez. Hey, Rocky. Hello, my friend. Uh, friend is 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 an apt word because uh, <laughs> as as I was saying off mic, um, Rocky, I had to ask you back to do the Talk from Society Fest in 2020 because uh, I mean we've known each other for at least five years because at least at least because you did uh, the first Talk from Society Fest in 2015. Uh, it's five five years, Rocky. It's 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 been five years. <laughs> um, yeah, you, time's disgusting. I know time is weird. Do you remember what movie you picked five years ago? No, not to put you on no, the spot. Not to put you on the I, spot. I honestly don't remember what I picked five years ago because, like, it depends on where my head was at at the time. I just usually kind of wing it, and that's why I don't really remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I'm feeling animation, I probably pick that, or if I'm feeling like a martial arts film, I pick that or something. But I don't know. Like, like you got me but you actually picked Terminator 2 oh wow yeah and what was the fucking first I think it was maybe your first was it your first theatrical experience maybe yes yeah. no 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 not my first theatrical but like one of the hugest theatrical experiences I've ever had like top top tier like oh, okay. theatrical experience and that's what that was but firsts yeah okay now you're gonna drive me nuts like all night <laughs> Like for real, I'm gonna have to think about that. Yeah, but uh, but no, I mean that's that that's what you picked, and I was like, and I haven't listened back to it, obviously. But um, for those who want to listen back to it, I'm sure I'll have it posted up uh, for those who want to go back and watch and uh, listen to that conversation. But uh, no, I mean, of course I had to have you back uh, because um, I mean, why not? You're, you're Rocky Juarez, um, and so cutting to now, 2020. Oh, and I should say by the way. I don't think you, yeah you don't know this, but uh, for this festival that we're doing uh, under the theme of returns, right? People picked uh, films that uh, have that theme of returns, however way they want to interpret it. Right. Matt Curione actually picked Terminator Two, <laughs> so nice. I'm like, fine. You know what? Rocky did it five years ago. Why can't Matt do it five years later? So yeah, he's got a different take. You know, yeah. he's, he's he's a much different human being than I am, and so he's <laughs> gonna have a different you know taste. You know, exactly. Uh, it, it, I don't know. Coming at a different angle for sure. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, if we do this as a regular thing, I'm just going to have Terminator 2 be the movie we do over and over again. <laughs> Whatever the theme. Um, but this time around, the theme is Returns. And this one is a first in this fest. Um, because you didn't pick this movie, Rocky. Um, I ended up picking the movie. Yes, you did. Yes. Um, but I agree with it wholeheartedly. <laughs> and so, um, why don't I pass it to you? Why don't you talk about the film I forced you to talk about? <laughs> <Rocky>. <laughs> well, the film you forced me, which is not really forcing, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's easy to talk about this film. When you love something, you know, you kind of just like, it's easy to gush about it or easy to recommend it or maybe give a different perspective on it as to why, like, you, you miss something. Who knows? But, like, we picked together at the same time <laughs> uh matrix reloaded uh the much anticipated follow-up to the matrix which was met with very mixed reviews and um some people would say lean more towards bad you know the reviews but um i myself love the film to death and i think it's a very solid follow-up to the matrix especially in terms of story and i think most people possibly wanted more action i don't know maybe they wanted a bit more like they wanted to go on a different journey with Neo. Who knows? But um, I really loved where the Wachowskis took these characters and kind of ruined their perspectives, too. At the same time, it's great. It's like uh, it really bent your brain and made you go, oh, shit, the Matrix ain't all this cracked up to be. It's actually a hustle. It's actually bullshit. You know, it's so there's a lot to it that I love to death. And of course, I think the action sequences are a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm glad you said we picked it because it was kind of a mutual like. Well, I had a thought of doing this for the festival, like as my as my as a as my pick, right? Because I did rewatch this recently, and I fell in love with it all all over again. I've loved this from you know the first time I saw it in theaters all the way to now. Um, and then Rocky, like you were thinking of a title, then I was like, oh, you know what? Let's just split the difference. Let's just go Matrix Reloaded because yeah, this this is not the first time we've talked about the Wachowskis. And I, I don't think it'll be the last time we've talked. I mean, we've done a Cloud Atlas commentary. Uh, I think we did a whole episode on like the Wachowski. We actually, no, we actually we did a Jupiter ascending. Oh, sorry, we did a Jupiter commentary. ascending commentary. Thank yes, you for correcting and he, me. And even wilder commentary, which is great. But I had fun doing that because again, uh, whenever they put something out, you know, their hearts on their sleeve every time, and I admire that. I always admire that hustle and the overall message and theme is something that resonates with me each time they make something you know so i I love them to death yeah um that reminds me we should do a cloud atlas commentary (laughs) yeah 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 but write it down right now (laughs) the seed has been planted sir yeah um but no i i knew i was gonna have a good time talking about the matrix reloaded with you rocky um it talked to me about your first time uh or your anticipation for this movie and your first time watching this movie okay um i think it was in san antonio no no i forget actually where i was i was possibly in you know i can't even remember man my movie brain sucks like um i know i saw it multiple times in theaters including imax then the reason i said san antonio is because i drove to san antonio to go see it on the imax and that's where my brain got foggy but i'm pretty sure i saw it here in in austin like when i first moved to austin and i just remember thinking like this is such a cool fucking sequel and i remember talking about it to people and they they hated it like they like super duper loathed it and i remember just thinking like i don't know what y'all saw like i thought that was fantastic on a lot of levels you know like it's 
it's just cool. It's entertaining on top of being just like um, risky and, and really cool. So my first experience was a good one. Like I left the theaters like very happy and being like, oh shit, man, like that was really cool. And Wachowski still got that that provocative like point of view. You know, they weren't afraid to show like this weird ass human rave edited with a full on fuck scene. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, j- just to really emphasize. And I've said this on um, previous podcasts with you that, you know, only humans can lust and, and feel that, you know, machines are too like, you know, uh, perfect and they calculate too much. And when they can, you know, they can duplicate and create and copy like that. But there's it's nothing like fucking, you know, it's nothing like like like, you know, the carnal you know that thing that they nailed you know and it wasn't lost on me when i'm watching this on the big screen and most people were like that cave scene was so fucking stupid and they're like why do they put a rave in here and i'm like i don't i don't know what y'all were watching man (laughs) like (laughs) like the the messages are just there you know even if it's like pretty obvious and pretty you know blunt it's it's amazing how they did it with big studio money it's a huge film that mad people were going to go see it was going to be rated r and they went for it you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of shit in there that's like that's ballsy, bro. Like y'all spent Warner Brothers money like that. Like that's 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 fucking cool, man. It, it and and rewatching it um, with twenty twenty glasses, right? Um, it's, exactly. You're t- to your point. Like there, it and you said earlier too. It's a risky move making a movie like this that has that particular sequence in it. For one, the the, the rave sequence. And sure, like nowadays, you see that like I, I can't wait for Dune. I, I wonder how crazy that'll be. Um, it's it's you see it every so often, like of you know these directors slash screenwriters coming in and creating their own huge you know big budget worlds. And I think they pulled it off here. Um, I, I uh, you know talking to you and other people who love this movie. I'm glad there's that like, there's that community there. It's like because you and I saw this, um, I believe on 35 millimeter, like when they showed all three movies, right? Yes. I think yeah. I I can't remember how many years ago that was. Yeah, that was a while back, bro. Like yeah, that that was that was a ways ago. But yes, we did go see that all three films in the theater, and yeah, they're all in 35, and it was just special to revisit that shit again. You know, big. Yeah, and um, that was another moment uh, i guess in my life that i felt like yes uh once gets cemented how risky and how innovative how smart these movies are and any chance for me to bring up how great the matrix sequels are like i'm gonna take it it's a reason why i'm doing this (laughs) yeah i mean people don't know (laughs) it's a good reason and again like i understand it not flying with a lot of normals and i understand it not flying um or, or, or just landing with a lot of people, I should say. Like, I understand it not, like, you know, resonating with a lot of people. But there's something to be said about the the way they pieced it together. And, and, again, the ideas that are behind that film. And just the way that they were not afraid to shotgun their own characters in the face with, like, <laughs> hey, this Matrix is bullshit. And, like, you know, uh, it's not everything it's cracked up to be. And Neo is, like, a product, you know. He's, like, he's like one of many, you know. And yeah. it's, it's fascinating how they did that to us. And it is... It, the reason I say it's fascinating, too, and they know what they're doing. The Wachowskis know what they're doing at all times. With every corny joke and with every amazing reach, with every corny love thing, uh, they're good at it. They're really good at it. And one of the good moments of this is when Morpheus sees his ship 
get blown up at the end. He's just like, dude, this dream is like taken from me. I'm paraphrasing, but he says something to the effect of like, this is not happening in his own lyrical, beautiful way. You know, he's got like this disbelief of like, what the fuck? You know, like everything is shit right now. Everything I believed in is like not happening. And it's like, a, I don't know, a child finally learning that Superman isn't real or Santa Claus isn't real. It's that level of holy fuck. And he's like a full grown man. You know, like I really, really love that that moment. Yeah. Before we dive into more spoilers, let's just lay into like the, uh, us like laying the groundwork for this movie. Because like what what I want to do is uh, hopefully f- with this festival is even though some of them are like bigger movies, you know, like I mean, I just talked about Spider Man Two with Aaron Hendricks just like a few minutes ago before great I re- stuff recorded with you, Rocky, and also we mentioned Terminator Two. Um, and then there are some small movies like The Fog. Like I can't imagine too many people have seen The Fog, although it's a great movie and it was my first time watching it. Um, I'm imagining maybe somebody jumping into this and it's their first time watching The Matrix Reloaded. Maybe, or maybe just years. It's been years since they've they've, they've watched it, right? They maybe yeah, saw it, it once. Yeah. yeah. One, it, two things. It's a common sense thing. One, it's number two. Why would you start at number two? <laughs> kind of things you know why would you even listen to a podcast you know that's like based on the sequel of something you've never seen before like you're crazy and also the movie's like crazy years old yeah, so like yeah, yeah spoilers ahead you know yeah. i mean it that's all it's just respectfully spoilers ahead it's like come on yeah no but i i want to i want to i'm interested in that perspective of like somebody who just hasn't seen it and is going to see it for the first time in 2020 right because like, i think like my point is i think it's aged pretty well I think if it was released like as a new movie, like in, in twenty twenty, I think yeah. it would, would have maybe been a bigger, like I guess critical or like audience you know success because it's Dude. working it's working with themes that were just maybe too heavy like for like a, a twenty like a two thousand three audience I think on one hand. Yeah, like, I mean, my thing is, like, I I think it aged really, really well. I think, like, story-wise and spiritually, that movie aged really well. Especially when you know um, (laughs) where Lana was going to end up, you know, uh, where the sisters were going to end up. Like, it's incredible to to watch that film now, like, with the 2020, like, lens. And also, um, I had something else to point out, too, and I'm kind of just, like, blanking at the moment. But the only thing that I will give it a critique on that, you know... It just comes with the territory is when you wow somebody with a magic trick, special effect wise, CG wise, it might age poorly in the next five years just because of the way technology progresses. And there's a lot of shots in that film that are like, that's a digital double. You, you know what I mean? Like it just, you can see it clear as day. Like that is full blown CGI. I might as well be watching a cartoon. That being said, the energy is used correctly. And again, story wise and thematically, I'm on board with this thing big time. Yeah, and one thing I'll point out in this intro, that's like to that point of like maybe moments like that of CGI not aging uh, well is the Burly Brawl where Neo yeah, right yeah, right fights you know all, all those Agent Smiths. I think when I first saw this movie in two thousand three, I wasn't like fully invested because I think I did see that artifice there and I was like, eh, it's kind of wonky. Honestly, seeing it now. Like this year for this, I'm like, you know what? Like you're saying, Rocky, like the energy's there, <laughs> the, the, the spectacle is there. Yeah, it's like I, yeah. For me, it works. They, they they know what they're doing as far as like 
how Neo wanted to like smack him baseball bat style as an Agent Smith is raining out of the sky. It's like they, they know what they're doing. And in order to achieve some of that, they have to use digital doubles, you know, shit. And they weren't afraid to just go for it, say fuck it. But, um, you know, again, some of that doesn't look that great, but it's the attitude. And that's my thing with CG. It's like, if your attitude's in the right place and your heart's in the right place, I know it's a fucking effect that I'm looking at. But, like, you know, if your heart's in the right place, I'll, it's a pass. You know, it's fine. I get what you're doing. I'm not going to hold it against you. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the Wachowski's hearts are always in the, in the right place. Uh, I mean, yeah, we we've talked about that before, big time. Yeah, like and stuff like you know Speed Racer, Cloud Atlas, even Jupiter Ascending. It's it, it's it, yeah. If, think about that for a second. Like think about how loud and wild Speed Racer is, and how like you know corny but very earnest and heartfelt Cloud Atlas is, and think about how like you know rated R sci-fi slash you know heartfelt the matrix is it's weird how they're able to channel all this like love in such a spectrum of cinema like they have such a wild like perspective you know it's it's amazing it's like they're able to do any kind of film and still inject that love into it you know what i mean that's i think ultimately what i'm trying to say yeah um i think we're going to toss it to the movie then we'll come back and do a post-movie discussion because i mean to to set up the movie if you've if if anybody just watched the matrix and hasn't seen the matrix reloaded just know it's Neo, the one, you know, continu- continuing his quest to, you know, defeat the machines. That's basically right. the plot of this. At the be- and at the beginning of this chapter, he's basically at the height of his powers. He yeah. is hot shit. In the world of the Matrix, he is Superman, basically. Like, he can do fucking anything in that digital world. And he's proven it over and over and over again. And people realize this about him. And that's where we're at. Yeah. And... As we get into the post movie discussion, like the, the fact how the Wachowskis turned that on, on its head, I think it's brilliant. But uh, that's enough of me for now. Let's toss it to the Matrix Reloaded. Enjoy, and we'll come back for a post movie discussion. And we're back. Whoa, what a movie. I mean, uh, why not just stop listening to us and just watch Matrix uh, Revolutions? Uh, no, don't do that just yet. <laughs> uh, so, okay, uh, uh, this really came across to me watching it uh, recently, Rocky. And it, it may have been because, like, I just, I don't know. It, this movie has so many layers. And it, it's, it's going to be in, like, the pantheon of my, you know, favorite movies of all time because every time i watch this i catch on to something new this time around and i i I don't know if you knew this but it feels very much in like the first half especially like a a a kind of like it's trying to copy a lot of the the moments of the first movie like the 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 opening sequence with uh, trinity fighting you know those. You know those people are like mimicking the first scene of the Matrix with her fighting. You know those right. cops, and then the club scene of the first movie is like replicated with like the rave scene in this movie. Moments like that stuck out to me, and I go, "That's that's pretty smart." Like, and and then it, things in the second half just turn on their head completely. When that revelation is like, you know, re- you've revealed to, to Neo, and everything's just just not what you expected so yeah. that's what i expect a little about this because i think it's a, a lot smarter than, than i think people give it credit for 
it, it's way smart, dude. For again to be a sequel to a major film like uh, the Matrix was very well received. It sold a ton of DVD players, man. Like that that movie was a huge pop culture smash, you know. But you're you're dealing with two unflinching, like you know powerful ladies who are not gonna like who are not gonna like shy away from this opportunity to like tell a story that they want to tell with a huge huge like crazy warner brothers budget and spice you know pepper in themes that people just weren't fucking ready for frankly you know or or just it's it's i love this film for that reason i love the fact that like they went for it man it wasn't lazy you cannot call this film lazy you know what i mean you may not like the end result of it but you cannot sit there with a straight face and tell me it does not have hustle and it doesn't really try its fucking damnedest to do some fucking crazy shit with a major franchise (laughs) you know what i mean like it would it would almost be like cameron making terminator 2 something very super philosophical and like super deep and like people are like what the fuck is this like terminate (laughs) some shit you know what i mean like like blow some shit up but it's you know uh, I love I love their choices. I love their ideas. They're, they get comic book funny with it, with the burly brawl. Uh, they get action packed and incredible with that freeway chase. That's an all timer oh, freeway God, yeah. chase um, for a couple reasons. And then um, they still get very beautiful with it. Like when he's just like, I can't lose you, you know. And he pulls a bullet out, like you know, and you're just like, holy shit! Like this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like you know, it's so like miracles can happen you know what i mean like in not only this digital world but just in cinema like you're allowed to be this loud in movies and the wachowskis remind you that it's okay to be sweeping and grand and uh super romantic with it it's fucking okay to do that you know and to do it with the matrix badass fucking badass i'll always applaud them for that yeah so i mean we have to agree that the most divisive scene in this is that uh the 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 architect scene right that's the moment when Mm -hmm. i mean it's been parodied like i think who was like will ferrell did a parody of it oh will ferrell did the best parody it was for the mtv movie awards couldn't tell you the fucking year no uh but but they did it and clown the matrix and boy howdy did he (laughs) really deliver on like it, it see that's the other thing about this film it's an easy target yeah it's it it's a, it it really leaves itself open for attack and people could really poke fun of it but again if you're just along with the ride and you really give a shit and you know just kind of give into it man just have a big heart like i think you'll get a lot out of it but i will ferrell's to my to my thing like his his stabbing of it is perfect like it really is perfect it's okay to make fun of the things you love you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> and that was that was one of them like will ferrell literally delivered on that one big time yeah i thought it was hilarious um i love but, it but yeah like you said it's it's an easy target and i mean to your point of like it deals with these philosophical topics that you know may uh, I'm, I'm i'm not a lot of audiences are willing to i guess listen to you know when they're expecting a sequel to the matrix but i just found it so like it's it's interesting for one it's like you don't get these type of conversations or like uh, philosophical themes through most blockbusters or any blockbuster and the fact right. that it just sits there for i don't know i don't know how long the scene is like a four or five minute scene of just you know the uh, everything that neo thought up, up until that point was a lie 
Right. Um, and it and it all you know is based on quote unquote choice. That's not really his choice. And it's like yeah, I lo- I love that turn. I love that reveal. Like I talk about. Did you remember watching this for the first time and just experiencing that for the first time? Like oh, we're in for something completely different. No, here. I I honestly have a, a huge grin on my face because I was just kind of like this is awesome, and because I, I remember thinking like. Okay, that's really cool. Like, cause, cause before we went into this movie, right? I remember thinking, okay, what can they do with this? Like, is the Matrix within a Matrix within yeah. another? Like, I remember just th- having stupid fanboy theories of like, what could they possibly do? Like, what what could happen in this stupid movie? And then that scene happens. You literally get the rules. You literally get like, here's the cheat code. Like, like I'm literally showing you the wizard behind the veil that's pulling the strings. Like, I'm showing you everything right here. How do you accept this knowledge? You know, some people would be driven insane. Some people would like, you know, freak the fuck out or, you know, go along with it and be like, okay, cool, whatever. It's a system. We're stuck in it. Boom. The ultimate choice that Neo makes, though, is why another reason why I love this film, right? You go into the scene. You see this amazing reveal. To me, it's amazing. And that's how it hit me. But then what does he choose? He chooses Trinity over resetting the entire system and status quo all that stuff he says fuck you super wizard running everything (laughs) i'm gonna go save the woman i love um, or die trying and he flies through the city like goddamn superman dragging all the shit with him and again that's what i mean about them going big and being very romantic and being very uh cinematic with shit man and like i really love that choice i I, to this day i'm like god damn this fucking cool man because you get this amazing reveal you get the the full magic trick and then you're just like yeah fuck you magician i'm out like i'm gonna go save somebody i love (laughs) and that's awesome that's really really awesome you know the the wachowski's forever man yeah it goes into that theme of love that we've talked about before too yeah um and they're not uh they're very much open about um it could seem melodramatic it could seem you know a bit cheesy but it's that's they, they put their hearts on their sleeves they do again to, to me it's like they watched a ton of classic cinema and i mean just like super classic cinema and they're like what if we took really good visual effects and really cool action sequences that i know we can make but lace it with just old school like i mean classic beautiful cinema from you know just the the golden you know i i can't even describe what i'm trying to say really it's like they just have an old school sensibility laced with like not afraid to play with new toys you know and it's very it's rewarding (laughs) i think it's very beneficial to the audience i think it totally works and they brought it to the they kind of exposed that in v for vendetta and i know they didn't direct it you know it's for script but there's those moments of v watching you know all these you know classic films with you know natalie and just they they marinate on that for a minute you know <laughs> they really focus on that to emphasize how they feel and and their their vibe you know and i love that about them big time yeah i i think you're completely right it's that classic film like those tropes that approach that you know you may people who watch it may gloss over may not recognize fully but you know that moment, like you know, we just talked about, it, like when Neo saves Trinity, it's it's oh that dialogue 
it, it does feel like a classic film, you know, dialogues. Oh, you saved me. It's like, oh yeah, it's 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 beautiful. It is, and yeah. it, it doesn't veer away from making that romance. You know, I don't know, like you could add jokes or like kind of play it off, but it's just a full like you know with frills like romance it's it's beautiful and then that keeps going on through the matrix revolutions which we won't talk about at length but i think that arc of theirs is is a beautiful one up until the very end yeah Yeah, i I think i think it's fine through the end one could argue like you know i've heard people say they don't have any chemistry like uh, (sighs) um you know uh, moss and um keanu reeves and you know I, I guess that's a taste thing. You know, I, I feel it works just fine. I Yes, I've seen better love stories on screen, but, like, I think this one does the job, man. I, I think it really lands the, the world that they're doing. Like, I really like um, what Trinity's doing in this film, or Carrie Moss, you know, I really like her. She has a very cold look about things, you know, and that's I think that's why she's, like, when she's Trinity inside the Matrix, she's so fearless and badass because, yeah. like, the real world is so fucked. And so, like, busted. And the fact that she's actually, quote-unquote, in love with somebody is kind of bananas to her. And, like, I'm not saying she's, like, dead inside, but she's had years of, like, pain. You know what I mean? Of being in the real world fighting these dumbass robots, you know? (laughs) So, to me, it shows in her performance. Like, it really does. And for some other uh, people to knock it, you know, it's fine. You know, I'll give you that, but... Uh, it's whatever. It's t- again, it's taste. It's just it's yeah. just a taste thing. I, I think it works perfectly. I, I like their love story. I like where it all lands. Um, her saying beautiful when she sees the clouds. You know, it's there's some good shit in there, or, or the sky. You know, yeah. in the third film, it's magic. There's a lot of things in there that are cool to me. But I'm like, no, this pa- this this passes. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I would be the first to be like, you know what? I like this entire movie, except you know, and I <laughs> and I I'd, I'd be the first to knock it. But you know, I dig it. No, I'm I'm, um, I, I, I'm glad you brought up. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss because I, I that comes through for sure. I think on repeat viewings, like her performance, it may be too cold, like when you first see it. But there's that nuance there. Like she has that kind of code facade when she's in the Matrix, but then she opens up, you know, more when she's like with with uh, with Neo in like the in, in in Zion. And yeah, it's 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 a layered thing that you don't get right away. But I think. I, I love her in in these three movies, so it's I, I definitely am a fan of her and 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 uh, Keanu Reeves together. I, th- I think oh, it totally. works. Yeah, totally. I, real quick before I forget, um, I do want to give a quick shout out for the action nuts out there that are p- keeping score. Uh, one of the agents in that film is as actor Daniel Bernhardt, and when he debuted as an actor, he was uh, in the sequels to Bloodsport. He was in Bloodsport two and three. And uh, he made another one as well. But then he was cast later on down the line here as an agent. And then flash forward to John Wick, and he's one of the uh, the baddies, one oh, of the yeah. Russian baddies inside of John Wick. And he's also an atomic blonde. So there's a lot of, like, action film crossover that, like, um, the Wachowskis, I'm not saying are responsible for, but they're aware of. Like, the reason... That dude got a job on the fucking Matrix as they watched a shit ton of 90s action VHS cinema like a lot of us dorks did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was really cool to see that dude in that role because I remember thinking, like, that's rad. And he has to be so happy 
to be in the fucking matrix like reloaded that has to be like the coolest gig you know uh and he's the agent that jumps on the car on, on the hood and you know does yeah. a bit such an iconic cool weird moment it's like amazing like so uh yeah i I, re- I really wanted to give him a shout out because the wachowskis are very aware of their action roots whether it's hong kong or domestic you know what i mean they're they're very aware of all those action films from back in the day from all the goods the bads and the uglies of them all it's really cool yeah and uh speaking of the action i mean um uh for sure uh we see the influence of the matrix movies like in like you mentioned like john wick and like atomic blonde because the directors whose names I can never pronounce, Chad Stylisky and David Leitch. Um, they worked as stunt doubles and stunt coordinators for the exactly. Matrix uh, movies. And exactly. yeah, it, it's it, uh, the, the action sequences here, top to bottom, like, I mean, that freeway chase is amazing. It still yeah, holds it's, up. And, it, uh, it really holds up, yeah. man. There's a, there's a lot of stuff in there, man, where they're just like, um they're running from the twins you know the the chase is just about to start like right before they're getting on the highway and she goes you never told me you know she always said that taking the highway was suicide you know and morpheus is just like let us hope i was wrong and it kind of adds to what i'm saying like this film that action sequence is basically saying that i have to go against everything i was told not to do like, don't get on the highway because it's the most dangerous shit ever. And look, we got to get on the highway because, like, that's how fucking, that's how this shit popped off. But, like, I hope we live. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. It's just one of those, like, I, I love that that's the action sequence. I love that that's the fact that they're like, oh, we got to go against all the rules that we've established. And that's the theme, I think, of the film in general. Like, and again, under scrutiny, this film holds like a motherfucker, dude. Like, there's just so many, like, things in it that are amazing to me absolutely amazing to me and that highway sequence is one of them you know because the narrative actually fits it you know um and and it's dazzling isn't it there's there's yeah. a couple things in there where trinity has the key maker on the bike on the ducati and she does that bit where she's like okay i can't go fucking that way so she turns around and goes into traffic and then we do this really cool thing where we go under CGI cars and like it just feels so close and just so nuts and you're like, oh my fucking god, dude. Like everything about this chase is stressful <laughs> and, and incredibly shot. You know, there's that one shot of the poor car getting hit against like the, the median and it kind of does like a barrel roll almost and yeah. they slow mo it down. And you're just like, man, capturing those shots, man. Just like some of these shots are fucking incredible and yeah there's some digital magic in there don't get me wrong but the they they broke a lot of cars yeah in in that movie they really ran through a fuck ton of cars and destroyed them all yeah one thing i can for sure recommend is watching the special features on the dvd and blu-ray um and that it's yeah sure there's digital magic in there too but they they built like for real like a lot of that freeway and they worked Mm -hmm. with practical cars and it's it's again it, it still holds up it's one of the best chases ever i can i can compare this to like friedkin's work uh in like french connection to live and die in la like yeah. Stuff. it's and you can see the influence there too of, of those movies um oh i love it and uh, the ending of that freeway chase with with neo going <laughs> I, I i i did this math this is a fun fact so 
that sequence is 14 minutes from the point where Neo like flies from like the mountains heading towards the city to yeah. the, to the end to the two trucks coming together that's 14 minutes so and I think somebody mentions it's 500 miles away so doing that math Neo was doing Neo, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Neo was going 2100 miles an hour <laughs> Again, he's the Superman of the yeah. Matrix. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, stop stop picking this shit apart, yo. No, no I love all that stuff, though. I, I love when he gets outside and he's just like, he's like, where am I? He's like, you're in the mountains. He's like, no shit. He's just going like, like, no shit, bro. And just flies off. It's just such cool shit, man. Like, I, I really love that. All those action sequences. The twins are just such funky creations. I love them. Um... And, and I love how they meet their fate, too. I really love that sequence with Morpheus and how he dodges to the side with the sword slash. Yeah. And the way they slow-mo that down where he's got the, the katana in one hand and he's just bucking with that fucking Uzi. You're just like, this looks amazing. Like, that's the way it's just framed. It's like, oh, man. Like, really legendary, fun, cool shit. So they're not afraid to have fun. They're not afraid to be very stylistic. But again, those, those action sequences kind of or, or they resonate they they matter to that story you know uh, they're allowed to have whiz bang and spectacle but they do matter they all matter it's absolutely really cool. yeah um it's i can i can compare this to this may be silly to like something like maybe the last jedi where it kind of challenges you in terms of what a sequel like should be or like what you expect yeah. it to be I mean, the, 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 yeah, yeah and people myself. got mad at and people got mad at that shit too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's it's literally doing almost the same shit, dude. The the Wachowskis did. It's like not afraid to be like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love that, dude. And people don't like their cages rattled. You know, they're just like, "No, this is my safe place." You know, it's like, "Fuck that shit." There's bears outside, man. <laughs> because know? I think you know, talking to you, I just I just realized that you know. You do see it's in this movie moments where Neo is just the ultimate badass. Like, yes, he's going two thousand miles an hour. Um, he's you know destroying you know a hundred Agent Smiths, but it's that rug pull that and let's, let's talk about like the end of this movie too because I think it ends in a in a oh, when I first saw this it kind of confused me a bit because I didn't really connect you know one to one together. But after he makes that choice and after he is out of the Matrix and once you see the ship explode, the, the, the Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. um, that moment when he has that surge of power and he, he destroys those, uh, those machines and then he goes into a coma. Um, yeah. It, it's a very weird moment. Yeah. Like, what? What? Like, he's got powers in the real world? Like, like what is going on? Like it's it's so wild. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting reveal because that's pretty much where the film ends, and you're kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a it's a big cliffhanger. Yeah, and it ends with um, him on the table, Neo on the table, and it pans down to who was I always forget his name and like the the the. I, I want to say it was uh, it was something like Bane actually. Bane, yeah, I know yeah. I, 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 think it's I know Bane. it sounds funny, but I think it's Bane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like bats, but um, so, yeah, the 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 real world equivalent of Agent Smith because he copied his likeness onto him uh, while in the Matrix and left the Matrix, you know. Uh, so he like almost burned his 
personality onto a humans, which is another fascinating, cool sci-fi idea. Like, I really fucking love that. And the performance, can we just, like, give that actor mad props? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, can we just give him props for, like, imitating Hugo Weaving in a really funny way? Ian Bliss uh, is his name. Yes, uh, bless his heart, man, because he, the way he's just, like, the way he's looking around, like, asking questions, <laughs> and then it cuts the homeboys, like, did he get tested for fucking, you know, he's just like, like, what is with my man here, like, what is with my crewmate here, it's so funny, I, I really dig that performance, because there's a lot of, like, it's kind of horrifying and scary, and a really cool idea, but it's met with such comedy, like, in, when they're dealing with it, like, the crew's dealing with it, like, what the fuck is happening with this guy, like, Really funny shit. It's I, I love that cliffhanger. Even though like th- the main thing I didn't get was like uh, Bane and the fact that he got imprinted by Agent Smith. That didn't really connect with me until I saw it again. I think maybe that same weekend because I was obsessed with this when this came out. Um, and I go okay yeah like it, it, again it, it pulls the rug from, out from under you and it does things that you are like new in this universe that you don't expect. It, you know to happen like neo has powers in the real world and now all of a sudden agent smith can control people or can imprint on people outside the matrix so to leave it at mm-hmm. that you know to leave the movie on that cliffhanger i i for one loved it i was like you know what i'm in i i, I sat through the credits did, did you sit through the credits and watch the the matrix uh, revolutions trailer at the end when you saw I this, did. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I, I was, I was that dude. Yeah, I, I totally watched it because I was excited. Like, the, the, I was just still hyped because you know I, I loved the film. I definitely wanted to see what they were going to do next, and that was kind of like before Marvel films were doing that shit. You know, they yeah. had like this. We knew that there was going to be extra footage at the end of the 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 credits, but the other bonus was that the film was going to come out later that year. So reloaded in the summer. Hmm. And then revolutions in winter, you know, or fall. And I remember thinking, like, that is so fucking cool. And it it was touted as the year of the Matrix, if I recall correctly. And that was the coolest shit. Like, I just remember really being like, yes, watch that footage. And I was like, bring on the fall. Like, let's go. So I was really stoked about it. Oh, I, I have vivid memories of, of, of watching, of sitting, do the credits. And like there's like some some girls behind me like also excited so I was like hey there's at least three of us <laughs> there's me and those two girls who are excited to see this footage of the Matrix yeah. Revolutions and also I think I oh let me see let me see if I remember this correctly I think I had already played the video game at that point or I was playing the video game and then the video game itself had extra footage too of the Matrix Revolutions like did mm. Rocky did you end up playing that video game? I think I did. It's the one where you're Jada Pinkett Smith's character, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Ghost, like yeah. her partner in the film. Yeah. They, check it out. I did play that game. I did. Because there is a fucking moment where you're on the highway. Yes, I was going to bring you're, that up. You're yeah. on the highway, and it's your job to catch Morpheus from falling off the fucking 18-wheeler yeah. in the game. And I remember they were trying to go for this uh, this crossover thing where it was a video game, film, experience, and uh, they wanted to make an online game at one point, and I think they did. Yeah, they did. Bombed. Yeah. It was just horrible. It was like nobody fucking played it. It was terrible. But, like, the... Uh, I think that was the idea. The idea was just uh, all the properties, all the ways you can entertain somebody, lace it all together, you know, make them interact with one another so you'll feel a part of it and all this bullshit. So it wasn't successful, really, but the, <laughs> I love I love the film by itself. You know, I really do. Like, the, the game is whatever. 
um, it's it's just a big bowl or whatever. Oh, so I should I should mention the Animatrix too. They they uh, they had those short stories, and I think they even had one of those. Oh wait, it was the flight, the final flight of the Osiris. That yes, I think they they had that attached to a movie too. I think at one point. I think you're correct. I, I think if you went to go see the film like opening weekend, I think they attached the flight of the Osiris. Oh God, was to it. it like I, one of the final or something to that effect or something? Oh, I'm tr- I'm having. No, no, no. Movies. Like, one of the directors of Final Fantasy, that Spirits Within movie, he oh, did okay. The Flight of the Osiris. It's the same filmmaker. If, oh, if I recall yeah, correctly, right. that's why the animation style looks very similar. But the whole point of that short was to sell the beginning of The Matrix Reloaded. The beginning of the film is a whole bunch of ship captains meeting with each other, and they're like, hey, shit's going down. Like, like the Squiddies are acting crazy. Like, the Sentinels are going nuts. And that's basically the final transmission, the flight. And they're saying, yo, it's about to go down. Like, there's a shit ton of them coming. It, the war is coming. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's about to go down. And so, uh, yeah, uh, that I, I like that short for that reason. I, th- I think it's totally successful in that regard. Yeah, I think it's something that gets forgotten. Um, to your point, it's it wasn't fully successful, them trying to go for video games, the, the Animatrix, the movie itself. Like they're they're trying to do all this like um, bit off more than you can chew. Yeah, exactly. Like like they're just putting out all the storytelling at one time, and I I think that's why it's special to me because it was the year of the Matrix. Like I was like just totally into all this stuff. I, I play the video game. I watch the Animatrix. I watch you know Matrix Reloaded, then Revolutions, and there's a reason why that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> Not to that you know. Uh, to that extent you don't see a video game all these short films dropping maybe the closest thing would be like I think Blade Runner 2049 had some short films like leading up to the movie but it wasn't as huge as as that as 2003 as as the Matrix sequels tried to you know permeate all the markets (laughs) Um, yeah yeah but I dug it I, I I dug what they had and I mean if you know if people don't see the greatness of the sequels or the matrix sequels it's fine i I, i'm trying my best to change (laughs) opinions oh yeah yeah like like for me it's like you know um if if you're asking me hey do you like these films i'm gonna tell you yes like genuinely like from the bottom of my heart you know but i get it if if it's not your bag like i 100 percent get it because this is one of those films that like um I, I've gotten into so many discussions about, and not even arguments really, because it's not my job to like sway you or you know beat my opinion over your head. You know, I'll be like I disagree, but I'm not gonna push it any further really. But man, like th- I think this film really holds. I think it's a very special sequel. I think it took a lot of risks. It does a lot of cool shit, um, and I use this expression a lot. But whenever you look at it from afar you you lift up the hood of the car and does you know does this thing work <laughs> and i i really think it works i really think it's it's moving at a fucking great clip there's something very special about it it's very risky and ballsy and despite the fact that i tried to lace you know the video game inside of it and all this weird shit uh i think the film itself just the film by itself it's incredible like super fucking incredible and i thought it was a worthy sequel yeah, absolutely. I'm totally with you, Rocky. Um, well, well, we'll leave it at that. Those are the those are great last words. Um, but yes, I mean, if for some reason we we got to 
you know, if, if we had at least one person watch The Matrix Reloaded for the first time and had them enjoy it, I think my work is done. I think I've succeeded there. Right. Um, so, and again, I'll just reemphasize, I love the sequels, Reloaded for sure, Revolutions. I kind of wish we had time to talk about that, but that is its own thing <laughs> that went, you know, in a diff- in a different direction in terms of like action and story. Uh, but I love that movie too. But for Reloaded, I think it's a great sequel. I think it's smarter than I think a lot of people give it credit for, and it holds up. That's for sure. Um, I want to say I want to say one more thing too yeah. uh, before we wrap it up on the Matrix Reloaded, and I'll be quick. I think like. There are certain performances, you know, in, in film history that kind of resonate and kind of stick. And, and it's like, yeah, you're that character, 100%. You know, like, you're really great as that. And I think even in the first film, Hugo Weaving was such a great oh, yeah. Agent Smith. You know, he's a fantastic Agent Smith, right? Uh, a great villain. Like, you love to see him bounce off of Neo, and like, he's a great villain. I, I have no other way of saying that. Just a phenomenal baddie, right? But he's not really a baddie just because he's driven by such purpose, you know? Um and that's another fascinating thing about him. But what I'm trying to ramble about, what I'm trying to say is he has so much to do in film two and three. And he pulls it off expertly. I'm talking like he is genuinely funny. He's genuinely like confused when he sees Neo do shit he's never seen before. Like it, he has so much to do as Agent Smith and he pulls it all off. He is so funny as this character sometimes and you're just like i love watching him you know what i'm saying like he is the best threat the best kind of threat that we have to face you know uh ultimately he's not the main threat though it's you know the machines trying to kill zion or whatever but you have this added element of agent smith becoming this virus type of thing and man he's just super funny like i, I the cookies in part three yeah like, just just there, there's so many scenes that he's in that he's just killing it like absolutely killing it on par with the whole i hate this place scene from part one you know what i mean the yeah. part that makes him so special you know uh anyway agent smith forever hugo weaving for life i mean that's all i'm trying to say like he's a very special baddie nothing changed in film two i was like holy fuck i love him so much holy shit yeah, I'm, the gl- best. I'm glad you brought him up. It's, he's another reason why the sequel just works so well and it's just so damn interesting is everything he does in it. Not, you know, to your point, not a typical like film villain. Like He has his own uh, you know, misguided purpose and it's, yeah, I love it. Um, yes. Exactly. And he's going to fulfill it because he's just a fucking program. Like, that's all he knows, you know? <laughs> like, like, it's just... And again, that's why I love the fact that he's not really like a villain. Like, he's just that's the only thing i'm built for like that i have to do this purpose you know what i mean like it's so great like beautiful shit and it ties into the whole free will thing and how that fucks everything up you know yeah beautiful stuff great uh love it love it rocky rocky thank you for for joining me on this of course of course talking the matrix reloaded before we go plugs where can the people listening find you online yeah man uh we're doing this tiny little lord of the rings podcast i don't know if you knew about that but oh. like <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely follow it on talk film society uh going helms deep um i'm with a whole bunch of cool friends and uh, you can catch me uh to answer your question on twitter mainly and that's where i'll link all that work so rocky warrants r-o-c-k-i-e-w-a-r-a-n-t-z and yeah that's it yeah and uh i should say that lord of the rings podcast is it's going 
great. I love the episodes that are coming out. Mm. And again, if you if you want to hear me and Rocky and some of the great people talk about Hugo Weaving, <laughs> hey, you can listen to that. <laughs> exactly. Lord Elrond! <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, Rocky. No doubt, man.